You're listening to CBS Sports Radio. And welcome on in to CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Hickey here with you on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. And thank you. Thank you for making us a part of it right here. All right, so it's been rough to put it nicely here for the last month for the Eagles. Their offense has looked bad. The defense has looked bad. They have lost three games in a row. It has been ugly. And coming off of last night's loss to the Seahawks, in which Jalen Hurts had two awful fourth-quarter turnovers that changed the game and eventually lost them the game, I want to ask you this question here. Do you still consider Jalen Hurts to be an elite quarterback? Like, if you were the Eagles, would you still feel good about your future with Jalen Hurts leading your team? I would. What we've seen the last month has not been pretty. Overall, this season, I think Jalen Hurts has been bad. But with that said, I still feel confident and still would call Jalen Hurts my franchise quarterback if I was the Eagles and just call him still an elite quarterback overall. Because while he's having a down year, I think a lot of the improvements are not with him next year. I think it's with the offensive coordinator. Like I think for me, the Eagles' offensive coordinator is a bigger problem right now than even Jalen Hurts. Because I think a lot of the mistakes Hurts is making is because he has lost faith in the offensive coordinator and Brian Johnson. Like look at how he's playing. Look at just, you know, Monday night is the perfect example of this. The two fourth quarter interceptions, they were egregiously bad. I think both, though, were not because Hertz can't read the field or has forgotten how to, you know, decode a cover three defense. I think he made both of those throws that led to interceptions by Julian Love because he was trying to force the issue. He doesn't trust the offense to consistently go down the field and score points, especially touchdowns. So I think he's trying to take it into his own hands and kind of do a little bit what Josh Allen has done in Buffalo a lot, which is try to be the hero. And we've seen with Josh Allen, it has not worked out, you know, well all the time. He's had his share of turnovers, his plenty of of reason for blame for a few Bills losses uh, throughout his career can be put on his shoulders. He's been having some pretty bad games at times because he's tried and felt the need to play Superman, be the hero, and win the game on his arm by himself. I watch Jalen Hurts. I see the same thing. He's doing a lot of the same things when it comes to throwing the football and putting it in harm's way. And I think in large part, it's because he is trying to force it and doesn't trust the offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson to put this team in a position to succeed. So he's saying, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it by myself. And that's why you're seeing Jalen Hurts uncharacteristically fit balls into tighter windows, make bad decisions, and have a lot of turnovers this season is to me more about him trying to force the issue than it is him just regressing as a quarterback. And I think this is a one-season problem. Like we saw with Mahomes in 2021 where all of a sudden defenses started realizing, hey, we can't blitz this Chiefs offense because Kelsey's unguardable one-on-one and Tyreek Hill's going to just run past everybody. So let's just drop everyone and basically play prevent defense And guess what? For a large part of 2021, Mahomes was in the blender. Couldn't figure it out. Turned the ball over a ton. 
Chiefs lost games. Now, that season they lost to the Bengals in the AFC title game, but still able to figure out enough to where they made it to the AFC title game. They're so good enough to have home field in the playoffs. But it didn't take until the offseason. It didn't take until 2022 for Mahomes to realize, I got to take what the defense has given me. It was more of a psychological change than it was anything physical or anything technical. And I think the same thing is going to be holding true here for Jalen Hurts. Part of it's physical because I think his knee injury is also giving him some major problems and has limited his mobility when it comes to running out of the pocket. But I think a large part of his adjustment this offseason is going to be psychological. He's going to be, you know what? I got to do less. I got to take the checkdowns. I got to make sure that I'm putting the ball in, in a good position. And I got to make sure that instead of chucking the ball deep on third and 10, I hit the underneath route, get a first down, and keep the chains moving. I think that's a lesson Hurts is going to have to learn. But I think it's also a lesson that's after going to come by for the Eagles by changing offensive coordinators. Like, it's not a sexy position we talk about a ton, especially when the head coach is not the play caller. Right? When it is, we talk about it more. But when you have an offensive coordinator, it's not like on the offseason watch list of, oh, who they got to hire as OC. And so when Shane Steichen left to go to the Colts, I don't think many people, including myself, looked at that as a, a massive loss for the Eagles. Of Oh, geez. Shane, wow, that's... It's a big knockout for the Eagles. I don't think they're going to be able to overcome it. Look at the roster. Offensively, basically stayed the same. You just insert quarterback coach Brian Johnson now, bump him up to play calling duties, but you're running basically the same team back offensively that lit up the league in 2022. Just run it again and do it again in 2023. And now you're seeing it's not that simple. Steichen's showing you on his own in Indy how great and how creative he is of an offensive mind, and I think that's what's lacking right now with the Eagles. There is not a lot of creativity. There's not a lot of deception. And I think Hurts is recognizing that, realizing, wow, things are not coming anywhere near as easy as they were last year. This is a problem. And that's why I think you're seeing him force throws more. You're seeing him take more chances with the deep ball because he's trying to go for the home run. Instead of taking the single, because he doesn't trust the guys behind him, and to use the baseball analogy, to get three more hits to knock him over and knock him in. Monday night was the perfect example of that. Drew Locke goes right down the field to get a bad Eagles defense, scores a touchdown, as we know. Now, if you're the Eagles, you're down by three. Still 30 seconds left, still have time. And you look at how the game ended on the game ending interception by Hertz. Look at the time and look at the situation. Eagles were on their own 45-yard line. They had two timeouts left. There was 13 seconds left. So you could throw in the middle of the field, and Jake Elliott has a big leg where you don't have to. You only need, really, 15, 20 yards to get into field goal range. And with two timeouts, everything's at your disposal. You can absolutely do that in 13 seconds. But what did Jalen Hurts do on that play? Drop back, wound up. Chucked it deep to A.J. Brown. He's never really open. Safety read his eyes the whole way. Julian Love comes over, picks it off. Game over. But if you go back and watch that play again, have it on my Twitter if you want to check it out very fast. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. Posted a screenshot. Right as Hertz is ready to let go of the ball, 
look to Hertz's left. There is Kenny Gainwell, who leaked out. He's in there for pass protection, but then leaked out as a dump off to uh, to Hertz. He's on the left side of the field. There is no one in a Seahawks blue jersey in his zip code. He catches that if Hertz wasn't pressing, if he trusted the offense to be able to march down the field, he's not throwing that ball then to AJ Brown. He's dumping it off to Kenny Gainwell, and Gainwell's running. 30 yards, 40 yards. And there's, again, there's no one in the screenshot in terms of him and the the closest Seattle defender. So he's running for a mile. He's getting bare minimum in a field goal range. I'm assuming with how many kicks Jake Elliott has hit, I believe he's actually perfect when it comes to game-winning kicks or game-tying kicks in the fourth quarter and overtime. So you got to assume he's going to hit the kick. You're going to go to overtime, and then you got a brand-new game. But the reason why I think, at least, and watching Hurts this season, why he didn't take that easy dump down to get into field goal range is because I don't think he trusted this offense and specifically Brian Johnson to put them in a position to where they could score a touchdown and win the game, either in regulation or in overtime. So he tried to take the game into his own hands, and it failed like it has a lot of this season, where it's led now to him leading the league with 17 turnovers. That's uncharacteristic for Jalen Hurts. He is someone who's had a lot, you know, who's secured the ball, done a very good job with it. Turnovers were never really a big problem in Alabama, at Oklahoma, and in his early years with the Eagles. I mean, last year he had eight turnovers on the whole season. And he's already doubled that this year with still three games to go. He is struggling in part because I think he's pressing. I think he's trying to do too much. We've seen with other quarterbacks as well. It's an evolution, I think, is now when there's tape out, now that teams know how to defend you, it gets harder. And last year, no one knew how to stop Philly. No one saw it coming. No one knew what the tush push was. No one was knew how to cover both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, then try to slow down Jalen Hurts' legs as well. That Philly offense hummed all season long. No road bumps whatsoever. And now this year, with a full offseason out there for defensive coordinators to study tape, to figure out their tendencies, and to try to limit them, the Eagles have basically just run it back, have not had a lot of adjustments, and now are not being as successful in part because teams now have the answers to the test. So that's, to me, where that lack of trust from Jalen Hurts comes from. And that's why he's making so many boneheaded plays and putting the ball in harm's way way more than he ever has in his career. I don't think he has a lot of confidence right now in his offensive coordinator and in the offense overall, and that's why he is playing hero ball. That is why he is now trying to hit the home run every time instead of just taking the easy dump off to put yourself in field goal range of the game on the line to keep the game going. We've seen it. Other quarterbacks have had to grow out of it. It's, it's going to be a process here for, for Hertz. I think a part of that process is getting a new offensive coordinator for the Eagles that is creative, that is able to put players in positions to succeed the way we saw Shane Steichen do with this offense last year. So when you add it all up, like Hertz has been bad. I'm not trying to sit here and dress up like he's not. He has been flat out bad this year, especially for his standard. He has been bad and has led to losses. With that said, I still think he's a franchise quarterback. And I think this is a one-year blip. So I would still put him 
uh, in the elite category, I would keep him there. I think you got to have bare minimum two bad seasons to be knocked out of that category. I think you do deserve a little bit of a grace period of, all right, people have adjusted to you. Now let's see how you adjust to the adjustments. Hertz deserves that in 2024 before I take him out of that elite tier of quarterback play. So I think it's fixable. I think he'll be fine in 2024. But right now, it's not good. But I would still call him a franchise quarterback. Still call him an elite quarterback here in 2023. How about yourself, though? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Do you still view Jalen Hurts as an elite quarterback? If you were the Eagles, would you start to have second thoughts of, hmm, maybe giving him that massive contract this offseason wasn't the best move? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. David, it's Carl from Buffalo. What up, David? Hey, Ryan. I appreciate taking my call tonight, man. Um, a couple points on the Eagles here. I, I think number one, starting with their offense, I, I think they're more of a run-first offense, and I feel like they're trying to throw the ball in there and have him throw the ball a lot this year. And I think that's tough to adjust to. I still think their game should be based off the run, and that opens up the pass. I think that's where they got to go. And the other thing, too, is their defense. I mean, let's be honest, man. You know, I've never been a fan of Matt Patricia. I think of all the – I mean, we talk about the the Belichick guys, you know, and how he's never had anybody really go on to anything more. He's probably the weakest link of that whole tree. I mean, and that's saying a lot how bad that whole – coaching tree is but I mean let's face it last night the way that game ended I mean he had the the defensive backs basically playing one-on-one against some pretty good receivers I mean and he was only rushing four guys maybe five so to me it would have been a totally different thing and and I'll say this too I mean Jalen Hurts was sick last night I mean I I mean I've never played in the NFL but I played professional golf somewhat for a living and you know when you're not feeling good and you're a competitor I mean, you got to really dig deep in moments, and you're not you're not at a hundred percent. So it's hard to be in the mode you want to be in when you don't feel your your best. So I think he's definitely a franchise quarterback, but there's no doubt. I mean, you can see when you lose an offensive coordinator. We saw it with Allen with the Bills. We've seen it with other guys over the years. It's tough, man, to really be where you want to be. So. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, have a good night, dude. Appreciate the perspective, David. Always uh, enjoy your contribution to the show. And, like, you're right. Like, you look at right now the the breakdowns. Like, I think I do think part of Hurts' struggles this year is his knee injury. I, I don't know why that he's – I mean, I guess he's practicing, so that's why he's never on the injury report, and we'll probably find out in the offseason what happened. But, like, he's clearly banged up. He's been hobbled. He's, you know, been in agony. He's had to miss time. Uh, I believe it was the Cowboys game off the top of my head that he had to, you know, miss a few plays for because he hurt his knee um, and was invisible pain. So he's obviously playing through something that's hurt his mobility where he's not running as much. And I don't think the Eagles are calling as many design runs for him in part because they, I think they want to protect him. But that's part of what made him so good last year, made this Eagles offense so tough to defend because you had to defend a tremendous receiver in A.J. Brown. Uh, Devontae Smith is awesome. Maybe arguably the second best two. One and one A with him and Jalen Waddle in terms of best, you know, uh, 
number two wide receivers in the league. One of the best wide receiver combos, definitely, in Brown and, and Smith, without a doubt. Plus, you also have to defend um, Hertz's running himself. So, like, there's just three, four, five options if your defense, every single play you have to be wary of, where this year, even when Hertz runs, it feels like it's in slow motion. Like, he's just, like, jogging out there. And so now the threat of the run is, if you're the defense, not at the top of the mind. Not something you have to worry about uh, as much as you used to. Chad's calling from California. What's up, Chad? Hey, how's it going, Ryan? We're chilling, man. How are you hanging? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just got off work. Long day. Nice. Nice. Well, appreciate you joining us here. What's on your mind, man? So, I think that Sirianni's starting to lose the team because he's not a humble dude, and he runs his mouth. He's got players running their mouths. He's got out-of-control security guards on the sideline, and nobody's able to back it up, and they get super frustrated because they think that it's supposed to be easy like it was last year, and it's not going to be easy. There's way better teams out there now. Chad, you bring up a really good point, and I want to give it more time. I appreciate you calling, buddy. Hopefully, the you know long day work. Hopefully, it was a good day work at least. Um, so here's what I'll do. I'm going to take a break here on CBS Sports Radio. I want to come back because I think Chad is speaking to, in part, why we heard Jalen Hurts Talk out of character after the game, um, after the game on Monday night, where he talked about commitment and the team not being committed enough. Who is he talking to? I have a theory. I'll tell you about it when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey, the radio on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. That is the number to call right now to give your thoughts on if you still think. Or if you think Jalen Hurts, I should say, is a franchise quarterback or not. He's been bad this year. Leading the league in turnovers at 17. Eagles fall to the Seahawks for their third straight uh, loss. Blown up by the 49ers. Blown up by the Cowboys. I mean, no disrespect. It was a great moment for Drew Locke. But you, you lose to Drew Locke. Come on. Hurts giving away two interceptions there. Also did no favors for that bad defense in terms of trying to shut down Drew Locke. So do you right now look at Jalen Hurts and the bad year he's having? Do you still call him an elite quarterback right now? 855-212-4227. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Suck in a timeshare and one out. Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free Timeshare Exit Information Kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. That is WesleyFinancialGroup.com. All right, so before we get to your thoughts, one other thing I want to point out here is, for me, I think a lot of Hertz's struggles are on his lack of belief in the offense and the offensive coordinator. And I think he's forcing it because he doesn't trust his offense consistently to go down the field and score, so he's trying to play hero ball. And what made me believe that even more aside from just watching with my own two eyes, was hearing him in the post-game press conference. Hearing him after the game, out of character, calling out his team. We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were, we're all were uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just, just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. Just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, 
excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say. I mean, I've never heard Jalen Hurts talk like that. We're not committed enough. He never throws anyone under the bus. He never gives you anything good or bad. So for him to call out the lack of commitment, I think that's one, been festering for weeks. I think two, he's brought it up to the team before. I think three, it's it's not either been well received or changes haven't been implemented. And we just had Chad in California call before the break talking about, you know, he blames um, part of Philly struggles here, Nick Sirianni's arrogance and overconfidence. I'm with Chad. And that's where I think these comments are coming from from Hertz. I think he's upset with the coaching staff. I don't think he's talking about one specific player or one side of the ball. I think he's talking about right now the coaching staff not putting them in a position to succeed. And I think assuming incorrectly that how they played last year and how they breezed through last year was going to happen again this year. That was an awful, awful assumption. I think right now the Eagles are paying for because they are getting housed by good teams struggling to beat bad teams right now or in and are looking nowhere near the team they did last year despite the fact that a lot of the roster is the same. So I'm with Chad in the sense that I think the coaching staff here is big to blame. And if you're Sirianni, I do think part of it is, is his arrogance and overconfidence where he has not identified weaknesses on this team and he has done not a good good enough job right now at fixing them so far through 15 weeks of the year. But I do circle that back to right now. Do you think Jalen Hurts is still a franchise quarterback in your mind? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Franco is calling from San Diego. Uh, San Diego. What's up, Franco? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, man. We're hanging. How you doing? Good, good. I mean, I'm just I'm sitting here listening to the, all the fallout of the weekend's games and who's elite and who's a game manager and who's just a pedestrian quarterback. And and it's super interesting to me. Um, is Jalen Hurts still a franchise quarterback? Of course he is. Is he having a bad year? Uh, yeah, he is. And just to kind of put this in perspective, I'm a Niner fan, so I'm not I'm not here defending him or an Eagles fan. What I'm saying is. He's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. He's going to have many, many years down the road. This is not his year, and he's gotten absolutely destroyed by the main competition. So for this year, he's number four. And the funny part is the number one quarterback right now is Brock Purdy, and nobody wants to anoint him with this word elite because he wasn't drafted high enough. And for some reason, the powers that be want to downplay what he's done and hang him with the game manager tag, despite the fact he's number one in almost every single parameter and has beaten Dak Prescott. He's beaten Jalen Hurst in person, and he is going to prove it when he wins the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Franco, I agree. I appreciate the call, buddy, with almost everything you just said, especially about Brock Purdy. Believer in Brock, uh, he is right now my MVP in part because he plays his best football in the biggest games of the year, which I think that is the mark of an elite quarterback and that is the mark of an MVP, is when you rise to the level of competition and find a way to win, which is exactly what Hurts has done. Uh, excuse me, what what Purdy has done. Again, I, I'm, I still think Hurts is an elite quarterback. I'm not panicking right now or knocking him down, but um, in that sense, because I do think you need more than just one bad year, and I do think what we're seeing 
is not him being exposed. Like, I don't think what we saw last year was the anomaly, and what we're seeing this year is the rule. Is it a bad year? It does happen, though. We saw Patrick Mahomes, again, in 2021, have a really rough year and bounce back when the Super Bowl the next year. Rough year for his, obviously, right? His, his, his talent, his standard. Hurts is eating it right now. I think it's going to take an offseason to adjust, but I think he'll be back in 2024. But I think also what he needs is a new OC um, and a new voice to put this team right now in a position to succeed, which offensively, you can't say the Eagles have done that um, so far this season. Glenn is calling from Oakland. What up, Glenn? Yes, uh, I just wanted to just chime in on the conversation uh, regarding Jalen Hurts, whether he's an elite quarterback or not. I, 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 I want to uh, encourage us to look at the, the larger picture here. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they're still one of the top teams in the NFL. Ask ourselves, how many teams have a better record than the Philadelphia Eagles right now in the entire NFL? That's number one. Number two, on yesterday, when they lost that game, was I believe it was yesterday, Sunday, when they yeah. lost that game, Sunday was when they lost that game, or Monday night, rather, when they lost the game, when Jalen Hurst went to the bench, the team was winning the game. They were winning with very few minutes left in the game, and the defense gave up uh, that scoring drive. Well, Jalen Hurst couldn't stop that. Uh, that's number two, so it's a team effort. And then number three, number three, you look at the overall body of work from last year to this year, you see success. And don't forget, don't forget the season is not over with yet. The season is not over with yet. It's to be played, and uh, anything is possible. And so that's all I wanted to say regarding Jalen Harris. Uh, unfortunately for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a 49ers fan, but I, I just want to have a balanced perspective when I'm looking at sports in general. Thank you. No, Glenn, I appreciate your call here. Um, number one, in the sense of, like, well, look, Yes, you're right in the sense that Hurts left the field and the defense gave up a 98-yard or 92-yard drive to Drew Locke. Inexcusable. But also what's equally as inexcusable is the Eagles not putting the Seahawks away earlier and allowing a game-winning drive to beat them. Hurts threw two fourth-quarter interceptions. You can't, you can't have that. Like it's, He's not blameless um, in their loss. That That's for sure without a doubt. And to your point... Uh, earlier too, Glenn, I agree with Eagles. The the sky is falling, and they're ten and four. Like again, I keep uh, this to me screams like twenty twenty one Chiefs, where all of a sudden everyone started playing two safeties back. Mahomes didn't know how to react when they took the deep shot away and forced him to go underneath the entire season. And for his standard, Mahomes was not very good. They still made the AFC title game. They still hosted the AFC title game. For all the skies falling in Philly, I still think they're winning the NFC East. They win these next three games. They win the, the they win the division. They're going to be the two seed. They're going to win every game they play in the playoffs outside of the 49ers. They're not being the 49ers. No one is. So they'll be in the NFC title game. So for the struggles right now, we're talking about the Eagles. I think they're winning on Wild Card Weekend. They're winning on Divisional Round Weekend. I don't see right now a team going into Philly and winning. Now, I don't think Philly has a chance to go into Santa Clara and win. But I don't think anyone right now has a chance to go into Santa Clara and win. So even with 
what has been a down year so far here um, in 2023 for Hertz, still going to produce probably 13 wins and still result in two home playoff games. Not bad. Not too bad whatsoever. Brandon's call from California. What's up, Brandon? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? We're living. We're living, Brandon. Hopefully you are as well, man. Oh, I guess Brandon's living so well that I forgot to talk. Uh, there we go. <laughs> life is so good. You are speechless. That's, that's a life I wish to uh, live right there. That is for sure. All right. It is Ryan Hickey with right here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay. So really fast here, we'll circle back to the Jalen Hurts conversation in one second. But I do want to just mention this because yesterday, I mean, when I read it, I didn't believe it. So I had to see it from my eyes. And we saw it last night. The Lakers raised the in-season tournament banner to the rafters. It's It looks so... Look, I think the NBA forced them to do it. I don't think the Lakers, on their own volition, said, hey, we're going to raise this banner. We're super proud of winning the first ever in-season tournament. I think if you're Adam Silver, you I mean, you have to do it. If you're Adam Silver because you want to push to the legitimacy, and one way to do that is by having teams hang banners. So I think if you were the league, you're almost in a way happy the Lakers won it because... Next to all those championship banners. Then in the bottom corner, there it is. Inaugural in-season tournament champions. It was embarrassing. I, I get why the league forced you to do it. Laughable nonetheless. LeBron James, as the ceremony was being uh, unveiled, did not look thrilled or amused whatsoever. Here's LeBron after the game kind of talking about uh, the unveiling of the big time in-season tournament champion banner. I think it's awesome, um, you know, um, to be acknowledge, acknowledge, um, you know, wins throughout the course of a, a marathon. I think that's, um, I think it's pretty cool, and uh, you know, that's the first inauguration of it. We was able to win it, so you know, for our fans that wasn't didn't get an opportunity to be in Vegas, um, they got an opportunity to kind of share that celebration with us. Was he talking from a funeral? There's no joy in his voice. He's not someone who's fired up to win a championship. He's also the same guy complaining that the in-season tournament is leading to more injuries, leading to more exhaustion. He doesn't care. He didn't try to hide it either. He was looking anywhere but up when the the big banner was going to be revealed. I mean, it just... It looks... It does not look good. It looks so out of place. World champion. World champion. 1988 world champion. 2023 in-season champ. Well, we'll we'll see them pop over uh, everywhere pretty soon. Once this tournament does get more legs under it, at least in terms of more years, more in-season tournament banners coming to an arena near you. All right, we are talking right now, though, in at least football news at 855-212-4227 about Jalen Hurts. Is he still a franchise Really elite quarterback. I still think so. I think a lot of what we've seen from Hurts this season, while it's been bad, I think it can be more put on the offensive coordinator than it can be Hurts. Because I think with Hurts, how he's playing this year, is more about a lack of trust and a lack of belief in the man calling plays than it is regressing, forgetting how to throw to his own teammate, forcing the ball like, I think a lot of these mistakes are correctable from Hurts, and we will see a different Jalen in 2024. But I do think that also comes with getting a new offensive coordinator for the Eagles. 
So for me, like their offense is a concern, and Jalen Hurts has been bad. But I think right now a bigger concern for the Eagles is their OC compared to their QB. Mark is called from San Francisco. What up, Mark? Oh, hello, Ryan. Thanks for taking my call. Of course, man. Thanks for making it. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, so as far as Jalen Hurts goes, you, you brought up a good point um, a little while ago, and elaborate on it a little. Uh, the, 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 the scrambling kind of quarterback, you know, speaking of the Eagles, we've seen this before, and I'm, not, I'm a Niner fan, obviously. Uh, back in the day with Randall Cunningham, was, who was great, um, eventually teams catch up with them. Uh, uh, Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, God, you can name a bunch of them. And what Damn happens, Newton. like what you said, eventually teams, get, coordinators, especially with tape now, um, the, it, it, you know, it ca- they catch up. They know how to uh, play against them. And, um, and the thing is, these guys, so like the, the Niners had him boxed in when they played him. And Nick Bosa what, said in this press conference uh, to the Cowboys, watch our, our uh, you know, our prototype or whatever, our, our, our tape. And see, and they did, and they won, and so now everyone's learning how to play against them. The other thing is that you got to understand, that you got to remember is um, other his his uh, receivers and everybody else, the tight ends and everyone on his team, eventually might be a little bit uh, not resentful, but they're if he's running all the time, and now he's getting banged up. Now they're kind of in a in a transition where they're trying to maybe change the way they do their offense. So, yeah, it's the coordinator, but, you know, it, it, it's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things that go into that equation. What do you think about that? No, it's interesting, and I appreciate the call, Mark. There's a lot, there is a lot that goes into it, and I think part of the reason why that this offense has not been anywhere near explosive this year is because of the fact that he's not running as much because he's injured. Like, I do think, like, we can't forget about that. He may not talk about it. It's not going to show up on an injury report, He's banged up. That knee is hurting, and I think it's limiting his mobility and especially limiting his scrambling ability. But I do think at the end, like like his style of play is now in 2023 with a lot of teams are going for, and still the way to win. Like you saw last year, that offense was explosive. A.J. Brown got his. Devontae Smith got his. Now, A.J. Brown is a guy that if he doesn't get 100 targets a game, he's going to complain about it. So we've, like him blowing up on the sidelines, like we saw earlier this season, being upset about not getting the ball. I don't take a lot from that, or I don't think like that means like the Eagles should change how they play the game or change how they play their offense because like that's, he's going to be upset no matter, no matter what. If he gets a 99 targets instead of 100, he's going to be frustrated. But you look at last year, like I, I do think Hurts running needs to be a big part of this offense in 2024. Did it get him hurt this year? Yeah, possibly. But it's also when he's at his best, and now when he drops back, defenses have to worry about number one, A.J. Brown, number two, Devontae Smith, number three, Dallas Goddard, and then number four, Hurts tucking and running it. You saw that led to a lot of one-on-one coverage and a lot of open receivers down the field. Now, like you just mentioned, like the 49ers and other teams as well kind of put a, a cage, if you will, in the pocket around Hurts. He's not running as much when he does. Like, he's not effective scrambling, so he's not now all of a sudden defenses are are fearing him and and are able to catch up quicker. He's not as explosive. He's not as dangerous. And that, to me, is also part of the reason why this Eagles offense is nowhere near, despite the names being the same, nowhere near the level of explosiveness we saw this year.
So I do think the Eagles need to get back to getting Hurts on the run. It's not going to happen, though, this year because he's banged up in that knee injury. He's not getting any time. You know, it's not getting better anytime soon between now and when the playoffs do start here in a few weeks. All right, we got Brandon back. Last time he was so excited and life was treating him so well that he was speechless. So we got some words now talking about Jalen Hurts. What up, Brandon? Hey, what's going on, man? So uh, a couple of things. I do want to talk about, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts being a top-tier quarterback. But uh, to kind of disagree with the uh, last caller, uh, you know, I don't think that team scheming uh, for Jalen Hurts to run is the issue. I just think the fact that he really can't run right, right. now is the issue. Like you, like you said, um, you know, you know, having that type of running qu- uh, quarterback and being able to throw the ball uh, as well, that, I mean, that, that, that only adds, you know, to, to your weaponry. Uh, I, I wanted to say, you know, Jalen Hurts has, has dealt with some adversity since Alabama, you know, trans- since college from Alabama transferring to uh, Oklahoma and then to go into the NFL when people were still, you know, kind of doubting your skill set, or whether you can even, you know, throw the ball uh, uh, really well. I think he's, he, he's, he's uh, you know, he's transcended into a uh, top-tier quarterback. And I, I don't think that that status, like you said, has, uh, has uh, faltered any. I just think, like you said, he's banged up a little bit. Um, you know, teams have, you know, got, kind of got a chance to uh, scheme for the weaponry that they do have. Uh, my question to you is, um, how much of, you know, him having to uh, cater to a guy like A.J. Brown, knowing that, you know, if I don't get this guy the ball, you know, he's going to throw a temper tantrum on the sideline, how much that, how much that, does that hurt the continuity, and how, how much has that taken away from the team uh, actually being coachable? I That's a really good question, Brian. I appreciate the call, buddy. I like your perspective. I think because of what you said with Hurts, I don't think it has, honestly, a, a huge bearing, to be honest, from my perspective. Because of what you just talked about, Hurts has faced a lot of adversity. Again, the guy got benched at a halftime of a national championship game. Came back, stayed um, as a backup for two, went to Oklahoma, Heisman finalist, got to the NFL. I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think he was, was going to be just a German backup. But he has persevered and now has become one of the best players in the NFL in large part because, I think, of his leadership um, and how he takes care of business. And so I think that can translate directly to he's not going to get intimidated by A.J. Brown saying, give me the damn ball. I think Hurts is a good enough leader where he realizes what's good for the offense overall. And some some games, that's feeding A.J. 15 times. Other games, it's throwing the ball to him three times, but featuring Devontae, featuring Dallas Goddard, featuring DeAndre Swift, featuring himself. Like, I think Hertz is a good enough and a strong enough leader in general, but also on that team where he's not going to get intimidated by A.J. Brown to be like, oh, my God, I got to throw him the ball. I've only thrown the ball six times so far in the first two drives. Like, he's going to kill me if I don't throw him the ball three more times in this drive. So I'm, the first three plays, A.J., I'm going to you no matter what. I know it's looked that way at times. I think that's more Hertz not trusting the offense than it is Hertz feeling pressure from A.J. to, to throw him the ball. That's my personal thoughts on it, watching it. Um, we'll see, obviously, that does play true here down the next uh, down the stretch here these last few games. That'll do it. Thank you to the tag team tremendous producer duo of Pat Boyle and Alex Zarmo. We do appreciate both of you. Gentlemen, thank you to you 
for joining us right here on this Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday. Don't go anywhere. JR Sport Brief is up next. It's been Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.